peace, quiet, and good order will be maintained in our city to the best of our ability. Riots, melees, and disturbances of the peace are against the interest of all our people, and therefore cannot be permitted. The jury found that they were all not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of 805 Uncensored. I am your host. My name is Jordan, and it's approximately 4.20 p.m. over here in Southern California. And so since it's been about six months since we recorded, I think I'm going to go ahead and take a celebratory bong hit with you guys. So if you don't mind me, I'm going to go ahead and light up. Feel free to join me. Take a shot if you don't smoke weed, whatever. Just sit back, chill, and we've got lots of shit to talk about today. Fuck, the downstem got stuck. If you guys are stoners, you know how that is. <coughs> Quite fucking shitty. If not, oh well. <coughs> Alright, just going to take a sip of water, and then we'll get into the thick of things. Really excited to talk about this episode, and to share all of the news that I've been hearing around the country and the world. All right, guys. So first things first. Um, obviously, there have been nationwide protests sparked by the murder of George Floyd, but at the hands of the police state. The police have obviously responded to the protests and the quote-unquote riots against police brutality using police brutality. And so naturally, the slogan, defund the police, has been gaining steam across the country. And so, you know, white people and uh, our conservative friends and, uh, you know, our people of privilege are all saying, oh, no, but if you defund the police, who's going to solve the murders? Who's going to come save you? Who's going to come protect you? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the police are not here to protect you. They are not. Let's talk about what we mean when we talk about defunding the police. Defunding the police does not mean stripping the entire police department of its budget or just getting rid of it altogether. So what we're talking about here is we're talking about massively scaling back police budgets, and reallocating those resources to communities. So we're going to invest in things like education, medical access, community services. Call it defunding of police services. We're investing in our communities. And if you know anything about the relationship between investment in communities and crime, you would know that... The more a community invests in education and things like healthcare, the greater likelihood it is 
that that community is not going to have many members of it fall victim to crime, either fall victim to crime or become a criminal themselves. It's just not going to happen. When people have opportunities and when people have chances to escape poverty and deep injustices, they're going to want to do right. They don't, people don't want to be criminals. I, I, I shouldn't even have to say that. Everybody that's listening to this probably agrees with that 100%. But it, it, we're in fucking 2020. We're still having these conversations with people. It's unbelievable. This is a really simple concept. When cities start investing in their communities, they reduce the need to call the police. Because police officers are not trained to deal with everything that they are called for. For example, if somebody's dealing with a mental health crisis or someone has a major substance abuse disorder, we shouldn't be calling the police. We should be calling people that are much more equipped to deal with these problems. And so what ends up happening is you have a police officer responding to a person in mental distress. They're not trained to deal with this person. They have a firearm. They have lethal weapons on them. So naturally, what might happen is the person that's suffering from mental abuse might start coming towards the police officer or they might do something to trigger the police officer into thinking that they're going to act in an aggressive manner. And so the police officer is much more likely to use deadly force against this person than they would be if this person did not have mental illness. In fact, this is not just me talking. This is a study from the Treatment Advocacy Center. It says, a person with an untreated mental illness, I'm sorry, a person with an untreated mental health issue is 16 times more likely to be killed by police than other members of the community. A statistic born in the deaths of Antonio Zambrano Montez reported <clears throat> behaving erratically before he was shot in Pasco, Washington. And Jason Harris said to have been exhibiting bizarre behavior before he was shot in Riverside County, California. Police themselves will admit this, that they are being called to respond to situations beyond the scope of their job. One Dallas police chief was quoted saying in 2016, we're asking cops to do too much in this country. After five of his officers were targeted by a mass shooter in 2016, every societal failure we put off on the cops to solve. There's not enough mental health funding. Let the cops handle it. Here in Dallas, we got a loose dog problem. Let's have the cops chase loose dogs. Schools fail. Let's give it to the cops. There's too much to ask. Policing was never meant to solve all those problems. <clears throat> and this is exactly what's going to continue to happen with these fucking deeply inflated police budgets. They are not our friends. They are not here to protect us. They are para-fucking-military units. Like, if you know anything about the police in this country, they're massively militarized. So, you know, the military has their weapons and their vehicles that they use, and they're constantly donating them to the police force. And so, obviously, that's not helping the situation with police violence in this country. All right, that's enough on that. I wanted to also get to Breonna Taylor. So I looked at the police report 
that the police filled out on the death of Breonna Taylor the other day. And it was basically a giant fuck you to all of us, particularly the African-American community, particularly Breonna Taylor's family. Basically, it was a blank-ass police report said injuries none. This 26-year-old emergency technician was shot at least eight times. Injuries none. Sorry, let me back up a little bit. And this just really pisses me off, so it's... It's hard. All right. Okay, let me back up a little bit. For those that don't know, police officer requested a no-knock warrant to go to the address of Breonna Taylor. They weren't supposed to go to her house. They went to the wrong address. They went to her house. It was a, They conducted a no-knock warrant. A no-knock warrant means that a judge has authorized police officers to enter into a residence with absolutely no warning. And so the police came in there. There was, I, I get, it, it's being said that there was a brief struggle or some kind of, um, like, argument. Nothing physical at all. Anyways, she was shot eight times, and she, of course, was killed. And all we get is a fucking blank police report. Say her name, Brianna Taylor. Say her name. Brianna Taylor. For my listeners out there, and even my non-listeners, just people that are aware of this issue, we need to keep on saying her name. We need to keep on talking about this. Every instance of police brutality needs to be talked about. It cannot just be forgotten. I'm very... Very glad and deeply appreciative that this movement was not just a two or three day hashtag and is in fact going to the present. It's going right now. Lately, people have been ripping down Confederate Confederate statues. They've been ripping down slave owner statues, Christopher Columbus statues. Fucking love it. It's awesome. There should not be statues of these people. They're not people to commemorate. They're part of the whitewashed history of the West and the United States, really. Yeah, the United States and the West. <clears throat> Just, you know, you, you grow up in school, and they, they paint a very rosy picture of the country that you grow up in. They don't talk about the atrocities much. They skip right over that. They don't talk about in detail the relations between the white man and Native Americans. They don't talk about the race riots, the multiple race riots in the United States. Matter of fact, I'm a political science major. I, I have a degree in this now. It wasn't until about two months ago that I had heard about the Tulsa massacre of 1921. 
If you guys are just now hearing about this, back in 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was known as Black Wall Street back then, it was the wealthiest black community in the United States at the time. Whites came into the town, burnt it to the ground, and killed over 300 African Americans. The town was completely destroyed. Lives were lost forever. And most people, most Americans have no idea that it ever happened. And yeah, like I'm saying, I only knew about it like two months ago. So there's there's people all over the country that really need to understand and grasp the history of America and what America is built on, which I know it's hard to grasp, but it's built on slavery and it's built on genocide. So really, this just gets at the idea of what's called American exceptionalism. And American exceptionalism is one of three ideas. Uh, I'm just reading this real quick from, uh, let's see, what's my source here? This is from a book titled American Exceptionalism by an author called Lipset. So it says, the first is that the history of the United States is inherently different than that of other nations. In this view, American exceptionalism stems from its emergence from the American Revolution, thereby becoming what political scientist Seymour Martin Lipset called the first new nation and developing a, a uniquely American ideology, Americanism, based on liberty, equality before the law, individual responsibility, republicanism, representative democracy, and laissez-faire economics. This, ideolo this ideology itself is often referred to as American exceptionalism. The second is the idea that the U.S. has a unique mission to transform the world. As Abraham Lincoln stated in the Gettysburg Address, Americans have a duty to ensure government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Third is the sense that the United States' history and mission give it a superiority over other nations. The theory of the exceptionalism of the U.S. has developed over time and can be traced to many sources. French political scientist and historian Alec Alexis de Tocqueville was the first writer to describe the country as exceptional in 1831 and 1840. The actual phrase American exceptionalism was originally coined by Soviet leader Joseph Stalin in 1929 as a critique of revisionist faction of American communists who argued that the American political climate was unique, making it an exception to certain elements of Marxist theory. And yeah, so basically since literally the beginning of America, this idea has been forced the fuck down everybody's throats that's grown up in this country you know so you're what <laughs> you know i think about like criticizing the troops for example like in a lot of instances you're not allowed to do that because you're seen as unpatriotic if you if you question what the troops are doing or if you you know if you're not a fan of a particular war or, or a particular uh, foreign policy decision you're seen as like unpatriotic when in reality it's the opposite. You know, it was Thomas Paine that said dissent is the ultimate form of patriotism and nothing could be truer. Like the American way is to question things. The American way is to show dissent for your government to ask questions. So I, I don't, 
I don't know where this came from, where this this idea where you know we're just we're just supposed to accept everything that we're told from authority figures. It's fucking bullshit. It's super authoritarian, right wing, and it's not the country that I want to live in. That's for sure. Okay. Anyways, enough of that. Um, I kind of want to go over to uh, coronavirus. Okay, so the coronavirus, if you're not aware, has already killed over 115,000 Americans and has infected over 2 million. The real number of cases and deaths is surely much higher. And so the national lockdown had a major impact on reducing the spread and transmission of the virus. Uh, Sorry, this thing popped up for my iPhone on my screen. All right, there we go. Cleared that up. Uh, What I was saying, the national lockdown had a major impact on reducing the spread and transmission of the virus. But inevitably, as states have reopened, spikes have been observed. Hospitalizations are on the rise in Arizona, Texas, Florida, and, and my home state of California. And so that's a really worrying trend, but I'm not at all surprised because the United States has not developed a a real strategy for containing this fucking virus. You know, we haven't been Thailand. We haven't been Singapore. We haven't been um, China. We haven't been any of these countries that had like a real serious lockdown. And so, you know, I hear all these people saying like, oh my God, thank God. I've finally been able to get out of quarantine but I'm like, it, it wasn't even a real lockdown. Yeah, like some restaurants and some businesses were closed, but you were still like, you were never not allowed to leave your house. You know, in, in fucking China, they were welding doors shut. In Spain, people were literally getting arrested for walking their dogs. Like we haven't seen anything like that in the United States. And then so, in my opinion, like all these people that were that were getting in the streets with their guns and shit because they wanted to go to fucking Applebee's, or they wanted the right to go get a haircut and they couldn't. I'm like, dude, that's not real tyranny. And so I'm like, conservatives, where the fuck are you when there's actual tyranny and actual oppression that's going on? Oh, that's right. You don't give a fuck about that because it doesn't apply to you. You know, so when a black man gets murdered in the street by police officers, you don't care about that because you're for the cops. You're for that authority figure at the end of the day because you are served by them. All right, I want to talk about a little bit about the virus right now and the impact that it might have on the thousands of protesters that got together around the country. So Dr. Anthony Fauci, the leading uh, infectious disease expert in the country, is worried about it, particularly the ones that don't wear masks which makes sense because a lot of people are going to be yelling and shouting. And so that's obviously going to be an easy way to transmit the virus. Uh, I think that the protests are absolutely worth it. You should definitely wear a mask. You should try to keep as much distance from other people as possible. Um, It's not easy at all, especially if you're in a major city to social distance. But the cause, I think, definitely outweighs the danger of this. (laughs) <laughs> for those for those right-wingers, however, back in April that were marching in the streets to the governor's mansions and shit with guns demanding that they, you know, have the right to go to fucking Applebee's or, you know, have the right to get a haircut, they were dead-ass wrong. They should have just observed the stay-at-home order because that was unjustified. Those protests, in my opinion, were completely unjustified. 
These protests are against real tyranny. You know, where are these people? Where are these people at the end of the day when there's actual tyranny? They're 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 nowhere to be found because they're they're served by these people. These people are there to serve their interests. And so they're not really going to fight them because the progressives and us are more the enemy. The leftists are the enemy. All right, guys, this is some heavy shit. So I'm going to take another bond rip because I fucking need it. <sighs> I think we all just need to relax more, you know? Like myself included. I think about it all the time, like... Like, there's a lot of fucked up shit in the world, but sometimes we just need to take a second, just go back and just, you know, just, just be in the moment. Just just focus on what's going on. Just be as nice and polite to other people as you can. And just try to enjoy life as much as possible. All right, here we go. Cheers, everybody. like there are quite a lot of people turning on their car alarms or I don't know fucking with their cars or doing something out there anyways all right the last thing that I wanted to talk about in episode 11 is uh climate change not exactly happy positive but maybe in the next episode I'll have some better stuff uh as far as uh on the happier and positive more positive side but meanwhile, while the pandemic's been going on, while these nationwide protests have been going on, climate change hasn't skipped a beat. May 2020 was tied for the hottest May on record, according to federal scientists at NOAA. For perspective, the 10 warmest Mays on record have all come since 1998. Matter of fact, you know, despite the worldwide lockdowns that we had, that definitely stopped a lot of emissions carbon dioxide just reached carbon dioxide levels just reached 417 parts per million which is the highest reading in human history if 2020 hasn't appeared bad enough just wait for the just wait for the hurricanes along the gulf and the east coast states and the wildfires that will come in the west we've already seen some i've already seen some smoke and fires started popping up in my neck of the woods. So it's coming, you know. We, we just started summer. Six more months of 2020 left to go. The year still has a lot in store. I don't think these protests are going anywhere. I think shit's going to heat up even more as we get closer towards the election. It's looking like Biden is getting a wider and wider advantage over Trump. It's looking like his shtick is really... People are really fucking getting over it as the body count continues to pile up with coronavirus, as the economy is in the toilet, all that shit added up. People are done with Donald Trump, and I think people want the 
the next best thing, which is Biden. I don't I don't think he represents real change, but Trump is obviously a major threat towards democracy and world stability. It needs to be kicked the fuck out as soon as possible. And with that being said, thank you for listening to episode 11 of 805 Uncensored. Stay tuned for episode 12 coming soon. And everybody have a good rest of your night and happy Friday.